0: The Kapow Radio Show Prophecy Watch. Now I'll always know what time it is. Does anybody really know what time it is?
1: To pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Time to get and a time to lose. Time to keep silence. And a time to speak. A time of war. And a time of peace.
2: Hello Today is September 11th Can you
3: believe it? September 11th, 2017 What does that date sound familiar to me? Because 9-11? Yeah, but what does it sound familiar? It's weird It's weird, it's like I should know what it means You do know what it means I do, I do Not to make light of it Quit making light (laughs) Just kidding Okay That was
2: many, many years ago too Was it now 16 years ago?
3: It didn't. It hardly seems it. That's crazy, huh? How time flies. How time flies. It just
2: seems like it just happened to. It does.
3: Nuts. We're going to continue our study in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. And we're going to do chapter eight and nine. Lord willing.
2: And we have someone in the audience today. I mean, they're in the studio today, right?
3: Yes. Yes. Kualith is in the waiting room. He's come back from vacation. Um, We settled our contract disputes. So he's willing to talk with us and uh, help us out here on the book that he wrote.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh
3: So pretty exciting. So we're going to do this in blocks of verses and give you a running commentary. And basically today we're still, we're in, um, The second part of the book where we're talking about life above the sun or vertical living, a vertical perspective rather than just a horizontal one, Mm -hmm. even though that horizontal earthly perspective peeks in now and then we're focusing on the vertical. And um, so we're going to talk about coalesce advice for us in our conduct before God uh, we'll still talk about oppression and sin and what that means. Um, final payment for sin in the end,
4: mm-hmm. you know,
3: that kind of stuff. Unequal rewards, um, d- just different things like that, you know, about wisdom and folly. So we're going to touch on topics of that nature in this show.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. All
3: righty. So, Ms. Powell, Yes. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to rock and roll. Okay. So, we're going to bring Kualith into the studio, and we're going to ask him, I will ask the first question. And the question I want to ask, Kualith, is what, is what is your advice for wisdom in our conduct before God?
2: Mm, very good question.
1: Mm-hmm. Who is as the wise man, and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment, and that in regard of the oath of God. Be not hasty to go out of his sight. Stand not in an evil thing. For he doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Because to every purpose there is time and judgment. Therefore the misery of man is great upon him. For he knoweth not that which shall be. For who can tell him when it shall be? There is no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit. Neither hath he power in the day of death. And there is no discharge in that war. Neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given
3: to it. All right, there's a lot there. That's verses one through eight. And he's answering the question, what is your advice for wisdom in our conduct towards God? And there's a lot there. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And the first thing, you know, I kind of want to point out is that he opens up with who is to be accounted equal to a wise man. Who's like him, you know, who would know the interpretation of God's providences and things like that. And, and he talks about the wise man and he says that wisdom makes his face to shine and boldness of his face shall be changed.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. That's kind of like when you, you know, you see somebody, full of God's wisdom. um, I don't know. They just have a, they do have a different look Mm -hmm. than somebody that's all strung out.
2: Yeah. And even the Bible in Proverbs four, seven says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting get understanding.
3: Yeah. That's the most important thing. And I know a proverb says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. I mean, that's number one. So, you know, there's a there's a reflection of a tranquil, conscious, serene mind that communion with God gives. You can see that. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and he goes on. And he says, I counsel you to keep the king's commandment and that in regard to the oath of God. And personally, I think he's talking about God. He's talking about the king. Of Israel, he's not talking about a human king, especially because later on, there's evidence that um, d- there's things that no earthly king could do,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and he's counseling to keep the king's commandments,
0: right?
3: You know, Uh you know, especially in his time, you're talking the king of Israel. It's a theocracy; it's God, and he says. In regard to the oath of God, so that's a covenant. It's made with Abraham. It was renewed with David, mm-hmm. um, and Solomon remembers this. It's uh, Psalms eighty-nine, thirty-five.
0: Right.
3: Once I have sworn by my holiness mm-hmm. that I will not lie unto David, and he remembers the penalties also if David's children should forsake it.
0: Mm.
3: And those penalties um, in Psalm eighty-nine thirty says, "If his children forsake my law and walk not in my judgments," verse thirty-two says, "Then I will visit their transgression with the rod, and their iniquity with stripes." Mm-hmm. This, in fact, was inflicted on Solomon himself, but God didn't utterly forsake him. But Solomon was in a reprobate, backslidden type of condition mm-hmm. for a long, long time, yeah. right? And he goes on, be not hasty to go out of his sight. Stand not in an evil thing, for he doth whatever pleaseth him. So he's still talking about God, the King Jehovah. So be not terror struck. Don't be hasty to go out. Terror struck would be characteristic of a sinner's feelings towards God. He vainly tries to flee out of his sight. Don't stand, you know, Mm -hmm. deal with it deal with that sin, deal with where you're at right. and deal with God wisely. Right. Mm-hmm. And it says, stand not in an evil thing. And what does that mean? So don't persist in evil. Don't persist in this wickedness because God inflicts what punishment he pleases on those who persist to rebel. Okay. Mm-hmm. So don't persist in that because no one can say, you know, do this or do that. He, he can do whatever he wants. He's the King. And now we're talking about the sovereignty of God. And I think we lose that a lot of times, the sovereignty of the creator, God, That's right. the ultimate King.
2: You know, when you were talking about um, don't stand, not stand, not in the evil thing, it goes back to Psalms one where it says, um, blesses man that does not stand in the way of sinners.
3: Yeah. Yes. It's amazing how much the wisdom of Coraleth here Mm -hmm. is uh, interpreted in the Psalms. Right. Is it not? And you would expect that in the Proverbs. But the Psalms, it really interprets a lot of this.
2: Yeah. Well, you figure this, the majority of Psalms were written by David, his father. Yeah. So these are probably things that he, well, I'm sure, yes. had he had heard over and over again. Yes. You know.
3: Yeah. Which would make sense. Yeah. He goes on to say that someone who keeps the commandment of King Jehovah, right? The mm-hmm. commandments. And his his yoke is not hard, folks we we know that his burdens light, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if you keep those those commandments, if you keep your heart in Yahweh in the Creator God, that you shall feel no evil thing, and if you're wise, you become wise, your heart discerns this is important, both time and judgment. Mm-hmm.
2: Because even Jesus in Luke 12.56 says that the hypocrites hypocrites cannot discern the time. Mm. So when you're walking away from God, if you're walking away from God, then you're not tuned in to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, nor can you recognize the times that we are in. Yeah. And you do foolish things.
3: You know, it it reminds me, it's a... It's really a a Freedom Friday thing. But it reminds me today, I was reading about the um, Hurricane Irma. And I posted three different stories on stupid people doing stupid things Mm -hmm. in this hurricane. And I'll just mention one of them. You know, there's a a bunch of surfers um, that are celebrating one of their dead buddies who died last year. And uh, they're drinking and they're flipping off the hurricane and they're, we're going to be here all night and stuff. Well, see, they're not discerning the time. (laughs) They're not discerning death is right at the door. Destruction. They're not discerning. They, you know, it's, it's a simple analogy I'm using, but that's the way it is spiritually with people. They don't discern where we're at. That's right. And they don't deserve the time. Or the judgment, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The neglect of the right times causes much of, uh, it causes much sinful people. It causes many of them to be spiritually unwise. Is what I'm saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They They don't, they don't get it.
2: No, they don't.
3: And if you can't discern both the time and judgment, and judgment it's like the right manner of judgment, it's like God's future judgment is connected with the time for every purpose. That's in Ecclesiastes 317, mm-hmm. right? That we, we discussed several weeks ago. He says, I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. And so it's the same thing here. The punishment of persisting sinners uh, suggests that this is true. In fact, in verse three, in this chapter says, be not hasty to go out of his sight. Stand not in the evil thing for he does whatever he, whatever pleases him. So the wise man realizes that fact that there is a fit time and a purpose also for the judgment. Mm-hmm. And really, if you're wise, that very thought will help you when adversity comes. Understanding?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Verse 6 Because to every purpose there is time and judgment. Therefore, the misery of man is great upon him.
2: That does go back to Ecclesiastic, uh, where it says there's a time and purpose for everything.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. And in the second part, therefore, the misery of a person is great upon him. I mean, think about that. The misery, because the, the foolish person, like I was talking about these surfers out there worshiping the dead. I mean, they're even saying their dead buddy is going to avert the hurricane from them. So they're just going to drink and party and mm-hmm. flip off the hurricane. And, you know, and, and there's, I got, there's other stories of people just doing stupid things, but a foolish sinner does not think of the right times and the judgment. They're not thinking about it. That's right. And, and because of that, because of neglecting the times, the accepted time and the day of salvation
0: mm-hmm.
3: specifically, as in 2 Corinthians 6 2, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time, and behold, now is the day of salvation. That's right. Because they ignore that, then they're taken by surprise by the judgment.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But the godly wise observe the due times of things. And so looking for the judgment, They're not taken by surprise, though, not knowing the precise when that's going to happen. They know the time to all saving purposes. Mm
2: -hmm. And then they would know, too, to keep watching prayer.
3: Yes, because, you know, something's going down. You don't know Mm -hmm. when it's going down, but it's not. It's just not right. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong in the world. So I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. are we ready to ask? Cool. another question.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. I'm going to let you ask this question All to him.
2: Okay. Well, the question I have is, what about the oppression and sin?
1: All this have I seen and applied my heart unto every work that is done under the sun. There is a time wherein one man ruleth over another to his own hurt. And so I saw the wicked buried. Who had come and gone from the place of the holy, and they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This is also
3: vanity. And this is also vanity. So this is an yeah, age-old question about the wicked, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know? Age-old question. So he's talking about this tyrannical ruler who hurts his subjects. Who does all this stuff? I mean, um, we all we all know about our governments. We all know about the the rich. Um, You probably by now know about the Equifax security breach, right? It's terrible, and uh, how you know millions of people have their sensitive information hacked. Mm -hmm. And I just read today where people who sign up to their customer service website to see if they've been affected unknowingly opt out of their ability to join a class action lawsuit against them because they go through a, a, a company called trust ID, which mm-hmm. is owned by the same company, Equifax. And so there's a little disclaimer in there that you opt out to sue them. Isn't that awful? <laughs> yeah. So the very people that screwed up are now trying to prevent, A lawsuit against them. See the wickedness. You see the oppression, the tyrannical rulers. They're all they're horrible. Who asked Equifax to take your information and rate you on Mm -hmm. your credit? Did you did you as a customer go to them and say, please take my stuff and put me in your rating system? No, they just do it. Yeah. You know, so. So cool. Let's talk about these these wicked people. All this this wickedness that's done under the sun, and, and, and a man rules another man to his own hurt, right? Right. Because a tyrannical ruler not only hurts himself, I mean his subjects, but he also hurts himself. Mm. And chiefly refers he's referring to an eternal ruin that's incurred by his wickedness at the day of death and judgment. Mm-hmm. So it's to his own ruin to be wicked. Those people, those CEOs of Equif- Equifax, mm-hmm. they sold their stock just days before the news came out that there was a major breach. Wow. Do you think that's legal nope. or ethical? Nope. No. But see, they do that stuff to their own ruin Because mm-hmm. when eternity hits, none of that stock's going to matter. Nope. Hell boy. None of it.
2: You know, Proverbs 10.25 uh, says, As the whirlwind passes, so is the wicked no more. And then Psalm 104.35 says, let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more.
3: And that's it. And that is really what's going to happen, even though we don't see it in real time right now. Mm-hmm. That's something I have to remind myself all the time.
2: Well, that's what's so frustrating, you mm-hmm. know, because you don't get immediate uh, satisfaction yeah. from these people that do wrong. You know, they just seem to get away with it. And
3: Oh, yeah. Well, well you know, the, the taxpayers Smel- Coming are- out
2: smelling like a rose, yeah. you know? Yeah.
3: It's yeah, like, they ah. won't see jail time or prison time, <laughs> and the taxpayers will probably end up bailing Equifax out. Who knows? You mm-hmm. know, but um, there's going to be a, there's going to be a judgment day on that, and that's what you have to you have to hold to that truth because mm-hmm. that's a fact, that's truth. So you know, wicked men, wicked people, they will continue in rebellion and in sin and in wickedness. They'll continue oppressing the rest of us. You know, and there is a delay in judgment oftentimes.
2: Yeah.
3: Right. There is a delay in Matthew twenty four forty eight um through 50. It says, um, but and if that equals that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming
0: mm.
3: and shall cut him asunder. And so Jesus comes or the, the, the master does come. And this is what happens when he comes shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm -hmm. So at first you're saying, oh, he delays his coming. You know, we can get away with anything. Second Peter three, eight and nine. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is what the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. And in verse nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, mm. but as long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So the reason for the delay is twofold. One, to fill up the measure of sin to those that will be filled up and cut off. Two, is so they have a chance to repent. Right. Because it's a merciful God. And sometimes that's hard to deal with. <laughs> um but we you know it is but i always have to look back and say thank god he had mercy on me it didn't mm-hmm. cut me off in my sin right right so a lot of people they don't see what's coming down they don't discern the times all right my next question to Quorth our studio guest will be Quorth will sin pay in the final end will sin and rebellion And hatred of God, the creator God, will it really pay in the final end?
1: Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner do evil an hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God.
3: All right, there you have it. That's an outstanding answer, don't you mm-hmm. think?
2: And it's exactly what we were just talking about.
3: Yeah, exactly. So the answer is, uh, no, you're going to get cut off. <laughs> and just because it's not speedily executed, the sentence against evil you know it doesn't mean that it's not
2: yeah well you know peter was talking about that in second Peter, where he says knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the mm. beginning of creation and also you know in the in the last times because people have become faithless then their hearts have grown cold and their hearts for things of God have grown cold, you know, and they become apostate. And in Psalms 10, 11 says, He hath said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hides his face. He'll never see it. And then again, in Psalm 73, 11 says, They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? Because hmm. to them, God hasn't done anything. So pfft, he's probably not going to do anything anyway, you yeah. know? And so you get... Um, Arrogant. Arrogant, complacent, prideful.
3: Yeah. And confident. Mm-hmm. That hey, ain't going to happen to me. That's right. You know, not realizing death's right around the corner. Exactly. It's just, it's right there in a, in a number of ways. Okay. Excellent answer. Okay. I'm going to let you ask Cole the next question. Ooh.
2: Okay. I have uh, two questions, actually. Uh, the first one is what about unequal rewards? And what is your then advice then?
1: There is a vanity which is done upon the earth, that there be just men unto whom it happeneth according to the work of the wicked. Again, there be wicked men to whom it happeneth according to the work of the righteous. I said that this also is vanity. Then I commended mirth, because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. For that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his life, which God giveth him under the sun.
3: So what Koalith is saying here is that there's unequal rewards. I mean, it's like it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust, right? Mm -hmm. And he sees the same things happening, you know, to uh, righteous people and people who are not righteous.
2: Yeah. And, you know, earlier in chapter three, he said, And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment that wickedness was there and the place of righteousness that iniquity was there.
3: Yes. I remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the thing is, is it's like right now the wicked don't always receive, you know, according to the respective deserts, Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and it um, it does seem, you know, very heavy to you. And then he says, you know, it basically it rains on the, you know, the righteous and the unrighteous the same. And, you know, this is stuff happens, right? Yeah. And he says that because of this, you know, there's no better thing than just to enjoy the gifts that God gives you while you can, while you're here on this, this earth. And it's all just vanity. Right. You know, it's all vanity. And I mean, it sounds so negative and stuff, especially in a happy, clappy, you know, gospel world that we live in. But it's really just, it really is that. Mm-hmm. And he's not talking about hedonism and, um, you know, living a seductive life and sensuous uh, appetites and all that stuff. He's talking about if God is giving you your portion. You know, you better enjoy that
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, because calamity and death and things could just strike at any, any moment. Now, are, you know, are, do we have some protection? Do we have to? Yes, we do, but it's, we're still in the hands of God. We're still in the hands of a sovereign God.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: and we have to, we have to realize that. So, uh, yeah.
2: They, what I and you know just and trusting God when, cause see like right like for right now for me, the things that are happening on the earth, you know, and you see the injustice and you see the cruelty of man and their pompous and their arrogance and you know it, and even Ecclesiastes seven was saying that um, that a just man perishes in his righteousness. So he you know he. God takes the good men and leaves the bad, you know, yeah. and, and it says that the, the, the wicked man prolongs his life in his wickedness. So there's like, why are you taking all the good men mm-hmm. and leaving all the rotten ones here, you know, the, and they, and the more rotten people we have, the more evil and more darkness and the more unsettling things are. And it's, it's, it's just really frustrating.
3: Yeah. And it's part of this whole fallen world. And I, we talked about that last week when I talked yeah. about the wisdom of death, the book I wrote back in 2001
0: mm-hmm. uh,
3: about the death of my father and the, and the death of Miss Capow's father within three months of each other and how that affected how it affected me and affected everybody in the family. And, you know, I mean, that was a v- my very first clo- I'd seen a lot of death in my work, but not um, But that
2: was the personal one, a very
3: personal one. Yeah. And it was like, that was one of the things I got really angry about to God is why, why take these good men and leave all the the creeps, you know, Mm -hmm. what's up with that? And those are, these are hard, hard questions, but that's what wisdom, you know, develops in you to do. You have to think Mm -hmm. and, um, you have to you have to resolve these things so that you know what you know because it's absolutely truth in fact not because someone just told you in your religion
0: because
2: mm-hmm. how many people really when some tr- tr- uh, strategy I mean strat tragedy happens and you don't have the right understanding of God and his um, his ways because his ways are higher than ours we we don't can't even understand the things that he does sometimes you know mm-hmm. and we just walk by faith and. Um, but how many times has tragedy, tra- stra- you know that tragedy. word? Yeah, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Happened where people have lost their faith.
3: Yeah. And you hear that all the time where somebody, I don't, they don't even want to talk about God Mm-mm. or Christ or anything like that because they've had a bad experience at church. Honestly, we've talked to several people that say that. Most of the time, it's a it's a Catholic church. Let I me mean, be honest with you. It's Catholicism. They've grown up in Catholicism. They've had such a bad experience. They don't even want to talk about it no more.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, or, um, you know, I, I had a sister who would never get another cat again because it hurt too much to love a cat and then have it die. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like you get stuck in this tragedy. Because of, because of the lack of wisdom and understanding. And that's what wisdom, wisdom will take you out of that if you allow God to give you that understanding and things.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: This is this is tough stuff, you know, but this is biblical stuff. It's biblical Christianity, so it's not happy-clappy. It's realistic. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I have one last question for this chapter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that is... Um, can we ever figure out God?
2: Hmm, that's a good question.
3: When I applied to
1: mine heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done upon the earth, for also there is that neither day nor night seeth sleep with his eyes, then I beheld all the work of God. That a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun, because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it. Yea, further though a wise man think to know it yet shall he not be able
3: to find it thank you coldeath for that very positive answer <laughs> <laughs> you know he's just he's just saying you know he's saying what it is what it is you can't you can't find it you're not going to find out the ways of god and it's amazing cuz he says you know he applied his heart to no business and he even sees people or he sees business upon the earth where there is no sleep day or night because people are seeking business and answers and activity.
2: Mm-hmm. It's just
3: just this like an ant heel is what he's saying all this stuff. like they
2: just want to fill their time
3: up yeah, and do things
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know And then he says he, he looks at the works of God and he says, no man can't f- he can't find out that work what's done under the sun. he can labor all he wants to find it out yet he can't find it out. You know, and even if you're wise, a wise man thinks he knows it, you're not going to be able to find it. And that's why some of these arguments, especially theological or, you know, these these doctrinal debates are just silly. You know, Uh, there's a whole flat earth movement out there and they get very militant about the flat earth. And it's just like, why is that so important? Why is it so important? You're not going to be able to find out any of these things. How God put these things into creation. You think you might be able to. You think science might answer. Some, but you can't. There's just certain things you just got to know. That God is sovereign. He's God. You know. Should we move on? Yes. Okay.
2: My questions are, is God sovereign and is sin inherent in man?
1: For all this, I considered in my heart even to declare all this that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean and to the unclean, to him that sacrificeth and to him that sacrificeth not. As is the good, so is the sinner, and he that sweareth as he that feareth an oath. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live. And after that they go to the dead. For to him that is joined to all the living there is hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun.
3: Well, that would not make a good Joel Olstein book, would it? No, not at all. (laughs) There's no happy clappy, hey, it's Friday. Mm -mm. It's Holy Spirit Friday. No. Um. Yeah. One thing happens to them all, righteous and unrighteous, sinner and non-sinner alike. Whether he sacrifices or don't sacrifice, one thing happens to them all. And that's death. Mm-hmm. Like what just said, that is vanity and a vexation. We'll die. Right. Now, for those who are in Christ Jesus, we look forward to actually being with Christ and having a new a new body immortality mm-hmm. things of that nature but nonetheless you still go to the grave you leave everything here it happens to to, to both you know and he talks about love and hatred you know mm-hmm. no you can't take that with you no just like the money Everything you've hated here on Earth it just ceases when you cease to exist. Everything you've loved just ceases when you cease to exist. It's just that that factual, yes, you know, and I love that statement about uh for a, a living dog is better than a dead lion <laughs> <laughs> because once you die it's all, it's all over there's i mean there's no more work to be done under the sun mm mm you're not you're, you. You go where the place of the dead. You're not uh, you're not with the living anymore. So it's over. So what? You know your your memory's forgotten. So what reward is there? What what is there to do? You know. So that's why he says you know go your way, eat your bread. You know that type of thing.
2: That's right.
3: All right. Anything to add to that? No. Okay. Well, then, if that's all the case, right, and that's the fact of things, what is your advice, Koalith? What would you advise the Kapow listeners?
1: Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun, all the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life, and in thy labour which thou takest under the sun. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest.
3: Did you hear that part, Miss Capel, about yes, uh, I did living with uh, joyfully with the wife whom I love all the <laughs> days of my life
2: mm-hmm.
3: of my emptiness of my vanity, <laughs>
2: huh? Mm-hmm.
3: Which God has given me under the sun <laughs> all the days of my vanity and emptiness. That's my portion. <laughs> that's, a, that's a
2: good uh, uh, Valentine card right
0: there. That is.
3: <laughs> I love you and happy Valentine's Day. I'm anniversary card.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
3: I am living joyfully with you because that's my portion in this vain and empty life. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what these
2: these scriptures tell me, basically, is that if you're in Christ, everything that you do, you do as unto the Lord, and you you live unto the Lord, and you die unto the Lord. Everything that you do is for his glory and for his purpose.
3: Yeah. And you were talking about that not too long ago. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, about just, you know, volunteering or working or whatever you do. If you do it as unto the Lord.
2: Well, um, now it has value. Whereas before, you know, without God, without Christ, your works are as filthy rags anyway. There's no one is righteousness is righteous enough to get into heaven. There's no merit that we can do or, or anything like that. We're we're saved because of the blood of Jesus and his righteousness. And this is another scripture where it says, let thy garments be always white and let thy head lack no ointment to me that's putting on the lord jesus christ and his righteousness yes and walking in the spirit yes you know and not in the flesh but um as i was saying before without god all your works is 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 truly empty it's vain it, it there's no value to it but with christ everything that you do is for his glory and you'll be rewarded for those works yes if they're you know, if they're worthy.
3: Yes, absolutely. Very good points there. All right, we'll let you handle the next question. all right, righty.
2: Okay. Tell us about wisdom and folly.
1: I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. But man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare. So are the sons of men snared in an evil time, when it falleth suddenly upon them.
3: That's some heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. That's really two parts. I mean, the, the first part is, well... It's not always the fastest or the strongest or the wisest person, you know, that gets the richest, that gets there first. It's not even the the brightest, more intelligent person, you know, mm-hmm. or even favored a men of skill. But time and chance happens to them all. I mean, I don't think he's just saying, hey, they just got lucky. But it's like <laughs> it, it doesn't. You can't always say, if I do this and this and this, this and this and this will happen. Mm -mm. There are people that are just in the right place at the right time, Mm -hmm. either good or bad. So you tend to look at this just as being good, but there's some bad there, right? Proverbs 16
2: says, The preparations of the heart and man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes but the Lord weighs the spirits. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord.
3: So God does that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: God has d- done that. So no matter what you intend, it would, we're back to the sovereignty of God on these things. You know?
0: hmm
3: That it's time and chance happens to them all. And the second part of this, though, it says, for man doesn't know his time. He's talking like the time of death or time of catastrophe or whatever. And I find this interesting because this this saying about a snare, about traps, he says, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, an evil net, Mm. and as birds that are caught in a snare, that's the way we are, like men snared in an evil time
0: mm-hmm.
3: when it falls suddenly upon them. <laughs> in Luke twenty-one thirty-five, Christ says, For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. And he's talking about his second coming, mm. folks, his second coming in judgment and in wrath. Oh, for as a snare. And then Solomon thousands of years before says he writes something very similar. A man does not know the time. He's like a fish. Can you imagine? Oh, you're just you're just a big fish. You're just you're swimming around in a school and you got all your buddies and you're eating plankton or whatever fish you eat, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you swim right into an evil net and you're caught. Or a bird caught in a snare. You don't think it's going to happen to you or else you wouldn't have went into the snare, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what an evil time does. It comes suddenly. And when it says evil, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, evil clown time, but it means bad, you know, either naturally or morally. There's adversity, affliction. It's calamity. It's distress. That's what the Hebrew word means. Ra. It's bad and a bad time. Yeah. And it's, all men are subject to that. All men are subject to that.
2: It really just really boils down to when we were talking about in Ecclesiastes eight one, where it says, Who is as the wise man and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing, a man's wisdom makes his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. Wow. I mean, it really is about wisdom. We really should be asking God for wisdom and a heart of understanding.
3: Yeah. I love the way that you put that you put that back to that original scripture in the very beginning, because mm-hmm. that's exactly what is. That's what you have to kind of vet out when you're dealing with Ecclesiastes here and the wisdom of, of Aqualith. Mm-hmm. You have to vet all that stuff out um, because there's more to it than even what he's just saying on the surface. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. In Jeremiah nine twenty three through 24 is my, one of my, well, I have so many favorite scriptures, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> but I do like this one it says, thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glory glory in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith
4: the Lord. Hello, this is Professor Lamsrath from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church, yet getting nothing from it? Do you feel good on Sunday, but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read... Eyes to See Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble, go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A dot com, for further information. This is Professor Lambsrath, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses. So I'll see you in class.
3: Wow. Amen. Well, I think you should ask the last scripture, your last uh, question. Okay. To call this.
2: okay my last question to you is do you have an ending story about the strength of wisdom
1: this wisdom have I seen also under the sun and it seemed great unto me there was a little city and few men within it and there came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it now there was found in it a poor wise man and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. But one sinner... Destroyeth
3: much good. I just love that ending.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: One sinner destroyeth much good.
2: You know that reminds me of that one restaurant that we go to, and these this waitress was telling us um, this sad story because all of the waitresses and the servers there and um, the workers there actually they all get along really well and everything's about teamwork and yada yada yada. But they they had hired this one gal, and she has made everyone's life so miserable for whatever reason that they all now want, want to quit. And I was just thinking about that. It just takes mm-hmm. that one person to ruin everything.
3: Yeah. You know, it's amazing. We're going to talk about it now. But the next chapter of Coleth, he talks about dead flies
0: mm-hmm.
3: spoiling the ointment, the savor. <laughs> these dead flies. Mm-hmm. So it just takes one fly. You know, to ruin sure. it you get one fly could ruin your meal, right? It's your poop sandwich. Yeah, it's your poop sandwich. Just take a little poop in there, it just it ruins your whole uh sandwich. Uh, but you know, he Qualith ends with this story, ends this chapter with the story about the city that was besieged. And um this this poor wise man that his wisdom saved the city. But then no one remembers uh this guy. Mm-hmm. Right? you know what no one remembers. That he saved the city against this great king that had built all these ramparts against it. And we're going to take over it. And um, But after it was done, no one remembers this guy. And he says, wisdom is better than strength. Apparently his wisdom, they didn't have to fight. They didn't have to show strength. His wisdom took care of it. But the uh, poor man's wisdom is despised. His words are not heard. You know. Obviously they listened to him at the time of this upcoming destruction, but in the future, no one paid attention to it.
2: Well, it's like when Jesus said the prophet has no honor in his own home.
3: Yeah, and you and you forget these things. Um, you know, just today I was talking to Miss uh, Gabbal about Sodom and Gomorrah, and how Sodom was destroyed, and it was really done as an example for all generations. Like this is what happens when a place is filled up with so much evil. And yet, really, today, how many people actually know that or think of of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah as something like that? Mm -hmm. They don't care. Mm -mm. Even if they they believe the story at all.
2: Exactly. You know,
3: um, or even heard of it. So this wisdom of that story and, and why you shouldn't be filled up with evil or go after strange flesh has been lost over time. And so Quoleth ends with, That these words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Mm. So, you know, you can go with all the bellicose verbiosity (laughs) of these these, uh, guys with all their, you know, ideas and theological doctrines and weird ideas about stuff. Well, you can sit quietly with the word of God and actually learn something, Mm. you know. Because wisdom is better than the weapons of war. Yeah. But one sinner destroys a lot, a lot of good. A lot, a lot of good. So the opposite's also true. Is how he ends this. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything to add to that? Nope. Nope? Nope. You're all out of wisdom, Ms. <laughs> all right. Let's thank our guest, Quolith. Yes, for-
2: thank you so much for coming and... In uh, answering our questions.
3: Yes, he did a good job answering our questions. He really, really did. Such a fabulous speaker, Mr. Cordith is. And on that note, we're going to say good night.
2: Ciao, babies.